Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome to Believe in Cape State, hosted by Joe Matthew and Reggie Blackwell. Today we're going to do our uh, Sugar Bowl preview. Game's coming up Saturday at 11 o'clock against Alabama. Today we have a special guest with us, uh, Mr. Kevin Keatsman, who hosts the popular podcast, Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. And of course, he was an award-winning sports broadcaster in Kansas City for many, many years. And we're excited to have him as our very first guest on our podcast. Thanks for joining us, Kevin. How's it going? I didn't know I was your first guest, Joe. That's awesome. Reggie, yeah. how you doing? Everybody good today? <laughs> hey, very first one, Kevin. We're happy to hear you. Kevin, now we're going to talk K-State sports. I'm over in St. Louis. I know you're a Kansas City guy. But, Kevin, the name of your podcast seems obvious, but give me the crux of the name of Kevin Keatsman Has Issues before well, we was- can go. I was fiddling around, Reggie, trying to figure out what to name the podcast. And everybody has, you know, I could call it the Kevin Keatsman show. My radio show is called Between the Lines, which is a pretty typical sports analogy or term that is used all the time. And my wife, were, we, we had several months before I could start the podcast because of a non-compete that I had from what I was doing previously. So we had lots of time to think about it. And I had picked out a couple of really great names. And I'm not kidding you, about a week or 10 days before I'm starting this thing, it just came to me. My wife, one day, she looks at me and she goes, Dude, you got so many issues. I said, that's it. That's the name of the podcast. Kevin Keatsman has issues. You know, it's obviously a a little bit of a tongue in cheek. We all have issues, but my podcast is basically about issues. It's about sports issues. It's about political issues. It's about American and issues about life. I don't like to get into uh, box scores, statistics. You know, if we're covering baseball, the last thing I'm going to do is break down a stat called WABIP or something like that. I'm, I'm just not interested in that. I'm interested in who, why, how sports works, decision coaches make, uh, for example, in the Sugar Bowl, decisions these players are making to play in this game. To me, those are the big intriguing stories that most regular people talk about. They talk about the issues around their favorite team or uh, something that's very important to them in their lives. So, yeah, it's a knock on me that I've got issues, but obviously the podcast is about issues. Oh, yeah. Well, good. Well, Kevin, we appreciate you taking the time out your schedule and joining us. Um, Joe, we got probably one of the biggest games of Kansas football history coming up this week against Alabama. And we've had some big ones before, 
you know, the Big 12 championship game in 1998, K-State against Texas A&M. But, Joe, we both thought Kansas State had a realistic chance of being here. Uh, We knew that some things had to break in our way. And with three losses, getting here to a Big Six Bowl is a tremendous feat. And, Kevin, we're going to get into some of those things you talked about, too, outside of just previewing the game, of talking about why some of these players are playing in this game and why this game really still matters. Looks like to Alabama and to K-State. Joe, I want to start off with you. What do you think? Alabama, Bryce Young, these guys decide to play. Will Anderson, two guys that could go number one and number two overall in the NFL draft. They're going to play in a Sugar Bowl. That doesn't mean anything to them guys uh, or Alabama. But looks like Nick Saban did enough mojo juice or something to convince these guys that this game was important to play. Why do you think that's the case? I think they do think it's important. I think that's why they're playing in it. And he, you know, Saban was asked that in his press conference about Young and Anderson playing. And he said, hey, it's a good sign that these guys want to play. And the best way to showcase your talents is to play on the field, not just skip a game and go to the combine. So, yeah, for some reason, he he has kind of encouraged them or talked them into uh, playing in the game. And I'm glad to see it because I want Alabama's best. I don't want if K-State happens to win, I don't want any excuses that Alabama didn't have its best players there. or They weren't trying or they didn't care or anything like that. So I, you know, I, I'm glad to see this. I want their best and I want to see how K-State stacks up. So I I don't know. What do you think, Kevin? Well, I think there's a couple things in play here. I think, I think we've gotten to a place in sports and especially with Bryce Young and Will Anderson, the outside linebacker, they're going to be drafted so high. What's the worst injury they could have? I mean, I think most people would say something like a knee injury. I don't think that's going to keep anybody from drafting these guys. And I think they know that. I mean, these guys are such givens in the draft that I don't think they're risking much here. And again, nobody wants to see anybody get hurt in a game like this, certainly. But I think these players know they're going to get drafted high. They're going to go into really great situations. They're going to have long pro careers, regardless whether they play in this game or not. I think the bigger picture thing for Alabama that really is in play that nobody's talking about is I think Nick Saban wants to create chaos with the college football playoff. I think he wants to beat K-State by three or four touchdowns. And then he's going to make a case that y'all blew it. Ohio State didn't belong or or so-and-so didn't belong. Mm-hmm. We whacked this team. We should have been in the playoff. You can make a very strong argument that Alabama is the second best team in the country. Now, you can't do that by wins and losses, but they lost at LSU by a point, and they lost at Tennessee in overtime. You can't, you can't do any better than that, really, if you're going to have a couple of losses on your resume. So yeah. I do think Alabama is the second best team in the country. I think the Big Ten was weak this year. I can't believe the Big Ten has two teams in the college football playoff because it was such a weak league this year. And let's be honest, if Ohio state had to go back and play in a title game, they would have had lost number two and they wouldn't be in and Alabama would. So we're splitting hairs on these things, Kansas state. And the reason I've always wanted an expanded playoff guys, and I, Reggie, I know you're going to agree with this. I, I can't wait for the expanded playoff. What I like about football is I think what you try to do with a football team and every coach I've ever talked to tries to play his best football at the end of the year. Well, right. let's, let's talk about what K-State had wrong at the start of the year. They had the wrong quarterback playing, and they had the wrong kicker. I mean, right. We've <laughs> talked about that every week, no the kicker. <laughs> what, would, what would K-State's record be right now if Will Howard played every game 
and Zentner was the kicker from day one. They could be 13 and 0. You know, yeah. they could be the two seed yeah. in this thing. It's possible. I'm not, I won't say that that's 100% or anything like that, but they could have really done that. And I look, the, the, the simplest matchup for me, what bothers me about this Alabama game is when K State played Texas, they got mauled the first half of that game. But again, they had the wrong quarterback in the game. <laughs> right. They, were, they right. were playing the wrong guy that day. And I think the team kind of felt that. And I don't think they have those feelings now. I think they feel like, we got everybody in the right position. We're going to go play football, and we're pretty darn good. Now, Kevin, you made some very good points, Kevin, uh, uh, about Bryce Young and Will Anderson being so good and, and high up on the food chain that uh, uh, an injury of any sort, I'm still drafting them from a GM. And that's an excellent point that, that, you, that you bring to bear there. Uh, I think this game – uh, and the other point that you made in regards to Nick Saban, he'd want to send a message. He does, definitely wants to send a message. And he he feels that his team is no doubt should have been in the playoff. And when you look at it football-wise, and then like you say, don't count the wins and losses, you can make an easy argument for Alabama to be there. But then you can say, well, they might have lost to Texas too. There's some other things. So you can get a little devil's advocate there. But I don't think anybody will be shocked to to see Alabama be the K-State team by two or three touchdowns and be like, okay, Alabama should have been there. Now, on the flip side, those of us like we are that are closer to K-State, that follow them on a weekly basis, that look at them on a daily basis, if K-State beats Alabama, what is the general public going to say then? You know, all oh, was Alabama still not motivated. I think that that argument's going to be out the window now. I think it's now you got to really look at, just like you just mentioned, K State had the wrong quarterback. And I was the first to admit I was a Martinez guy all the way. I never thought in a million years that we're how are we playing this type of football at this level at an almost Heisman type level that he had been playing at is unbelievable. And the kicking situation. Definitely cost us at least one game, we know for sure, but that would have controlled the whole dynamics and decision-making on coach with a lot of decisions on fourth down, inside the red zone, should we go for it, not being confident in the kicker. That could have made a whole lot of difference in a lot of things as well, of just how we even handle the entire red zones in some of those critical games. So those are some great points that you bring up. Well, I feel like Will Howard is the single biggest Kansas State football surprise of my lifetime. So I'm with you, Reggie. I didn't think he was – I watched him play the last couple of years, and I thought, yeah, yeah he exactly. doesn't have that strong of an arm. He maybe is okay. Guys can get better. But I was never a Martinez guy. I mean, when they went out and got Martinez, I thought, wow, this guy's lost a lot of football games, and he's turned the ball over a lot. That night yeah. against Oklahoma, I'll never forget it. And if I see Adrian Martinez some night, I'm going to buy him a cold beer, and I'm going to give him a hug and thank him for that beatdown of the Oklahoma Sooners in Norman – that he put on him this year. What we quickly learned with Adrian Martinez, and we saw this in the Tulane game, is when the running game gets stopped or Kansas State was behind with Martinez as the quarterback, he wasn't going to pass their way back to winning right. a game. And we've seen Will Howard can do that. We saw him come into the TCU game uh, the first time and light a fire into that game, four straight touchdowns on four straight drives. We can see what he does that Adrian Martinez doesn't. And I just think it's 2023 football. I Look, I love the running game. I love Deuce Vaughn. I love the fact that Kansas State is balanced. 
Nobody goes out and leads every game all year. At some point, your quarterback has to throw the ball yeah, and win a yeah. game for you. And I think we can see that Will Howard does that for Kansas State. No, you're absolutely right about that. So let, let's take that and, and put that into the specifically the Alabama game. And, Kevin, I'll start with you then come back with you, Joe. What do you think? Obviously, Kansas State is a six-and-a-half-point uh, underdog, which is probably a lower number than a lot of people would anticipate. Um, Vegas does know something out there in the desert. That number is pretty small if you look at it compared to some of the other bowl games. Does Kansas State have to play a perfect game to beat Alabama? And what I mean is, does Will Howard, obviously we know we need a good game for him. We need some type of consistent running game from Deuce Vaughn. The defense has got to create maybe a turnover or two, and we got to see something special in the special team. I think, to be able to pull this off. Give me your three or four key points, uh, Kevin, that you think that what we need to be able to get this upset and beat Alabama. Well, Kansas State has to play its A game. I don't know if they have to play a perfect game, but they have to play their A game. They can't lose the turnover battle in this game. I mean, Kansas State, I don't think is, against these players that Alabama has, I don't think K-State can go out there and turn it over three times and only take it away once and expect to win this game. So it has to be at least level and you'd like to see them have an advantage there. Again, I keep going back to the Texas game because that was the one game this year where I watched Kansas State play, and I went, wow, that team has better athletes than Kansas State. Those guys are bigger, faster, stronger, and we saw it in the first half. They just ran right. up and down the field on K-State before Kleiman made some really nice defensive adjustments. I think they gave up 30 in the first half of the game or 31 yeah, yeah. and only three in the second half, so they made adjustments. I'm a little worried about the same thing here with Alabama because they're just going to line up with some big Hosses. And I don't know how good K-State's receiving core is against an Alabama secondary that's just loaded with NFL guys, which is what they are. They've got a tremendous pass rush. It's, it's huge that Malik Knowles is back. Sounds like he's going to be healthy and be able to play in this game. So that's obviously a really big deal. This is the lowest gambling line of the year for an Alabama game. What Vegas is saying is this is the best team Alabama has played all year. That's amazing. When you're a K-State fan, you're just like, wait, what? Vegas is saying this is the best team that Alabama has faced. I think a lot of it's coaching and just the teamwork that K-State plays with. They're not really great at any one thing, but right. they do everything. They can run the ball. They can pass it. They're capable in special teams. Their kicker kicks at a mile. He's a tremendous punter. They're, they have a pass rush. They got an NFL pass rusher. Their secondary has come on. They play a quirky defense that Alabama hasn't really seen this year. There's just a lot of things that K-State is really good at that makes them really hard to beat. So I, I do think it'll be a terrific game. I, I, I'd love to just sit here and pat my chest and say, I think K-State's going to win this thing, but I'm not really feeling that just because, you know, you just have this Alabama bias going in, you know, yeah. you just, you know, you know what Alabama has, you know, they're just loaded with first, second and third round draft choices all up and down the roster. Some of them are freshmen, but they're going to be first round draft choices in a couple of years. This is going to be a tough game, but the bottom line is, is I think Kansas State wins this game. If Chris Kleiman out coaches Nick Saban and, I, and this will shock you, I think he can. And I think he may. I think he may actually be a better X's and O's game coach than Nick Saban, and I can't believe I'm saying that. Yeah, I think it can happen. It wouldn't surprise me if it happens. You, you brought up a lot of good points there, Kevin. I think this will be a great test for Will Howard just because Alabama's secondary, and you mentioned it, is just loaded. They are all – the cornerbacks and safeties, they're all first-team SEC or second-team SEC – and I looked at the all first all SEC teams 
and it's all Alabama guys. I mean, they're just stacked in that secondary. So it's going to be number one, our receivers will, they may have to scheme them to get open. Uh, they're not going to probably get open on their own. We'll see about that. But he, you know, even if that happens, Will Howard is, he can't throw interceptions in this game. You know, he can't turn the ball over and expect a win. I don't think they can have any turnovers and expect to win uh, unless it's a fluke one or something like that. And the game's close and, you know, I don't know, but yeah, this is a good, this is a tough game for K-State. I I'm, keep going through my head, you know, how, how can K-State win this game on paper? There's no way they can win the game. I mean, Alabama dominates offensively, defensively, all in all the statistical categories, so on paper, it doesn't even really make sense to pick K-State in this game. But when the Vegas line was released, I took note of that, and I thought, hmm, do they think it's going to be close? Because Vegas is right a lot. They're wrong a lot, too. But uh, I think they're right more than they're wrong on these uh, point spreads. So that got me wondering, too. But anyway, that's my thoughts. I don't know. What do you think, Reggie? You think? Uh, yeah. yeah, well, I'm going to go back to what um... – what Kevin was talking about his last comment of coaching. And we know that Nick Saban and is they got more coaches and analysts over on that sideline that you can ever imagine at Alabama. But I do think it's going to probably come down to some adjustments, some X and O's where is K-State coaching staff is going to have to be a little bit more creative to show Alabama something that we haven't seen to steal a possession or make a big play, I think it's definitely going to come down to that. But I do think the other piece of this game is really, really going to be about the willpower and the togetherness of the Kansas State locker room. I do think these guys have built something special uh, culturally. And you can't just speak that because you can start seeing it on the field. Yes, they have had some losses. And we talked about this before, Joe. In past years, when K-State lost a game, they would usually come back, maybe lose one or two in a row. Um, this year, we didn't have that. You yeah. know, you, you lose a game to Tulane, a team that you're supposed to beat 99 out of 100 times, but you come back and get a victory. You have a tough loss to TCU. Look, you got a bunch of tough games coming up in a row. Look like you should go in the tank. They bounce back and win some game. They get exploded, destroyed the first half against Texas. Does show some semblance of fight in the second half. Still lose the game, a tough game, but they still come back, win the rest of the games, come on to win the Big 12 championship, and put themselves in a position now. So I think that's why I think K-State can pull off the shocker. If we can get it into a possession one possession game in the fourth quarter. Uh, I, I think we'll have the willpower and the guys to see that they can win this thing. The key is going to be the first quarter. We cannot let this thing get out of hand, have a three and out. That's what uh, I'm afraid of. Alabama score, another three and out. Alabama's up 14 nothing, and then we're starting to try to chase points because we're not going to be able to run down a team like Alabama, we got to keep it within a seven uh, point game or less. And I think if we can keep it point for point and do that, I just don't think Alabama's defense collectively 
is as strong as it was in years past. They do have great individual players, but they're not playing at a unit like in dominant fashion like they have in the past. Oh, and if you ask an Alabama fan, like on social media, they'll they think Deuce Vaughn's going to run for 150 yards on them easy. They don't really have confidence in their run defense. So it's another interesting thing I've noticed. But that's surprising me because I was going to make a point about Deuce Vaughn, and and I think when we watched K State this year, they got better at moving the chains and getting first downs as the season went on. They they got better at that. But it's yeah. a big play offense. It's you know Deuce Vaughn has a dozen runs a game where he just slams into the line and gets nothing. Yes, and then he yes. busts one for 48 yards. You know, we know what he does and he break away. I just feel like that may be harder against Alabama. If he gets through the line and busts in a hole, we're talking about NFL linebackers in secondary here. And they're all as fast, if not faster than Deuce Vaughn. I mean, I, I just think it's, it's going to be much harder to bust those big plays. Malik Knoll is the best big play receiver that we have clearly. And if we can get him one-on-one with somebody, you could always beat somebody one-on-one. So when that happens, I think big plays could happen, but Kansas State, to win this game, is going to have to make big plays, and I do think making big plays against Alabama is a hard thing to do. And, Reggie, you mentioned this. The way you do that is you scheme that. You fool them. You trick them. You get an isolation somewhere. Will Howard sees it at the line of scrimmage and says, okay, the safety's over this way. I got Malik Knowles over here in man coverage. That's where I'm going. We're changing into that play, and there it goes down the field. Will Howard's really good at that. He sees the field well. He understands defenses, and he understands coverages. So we have to exploit the weaknesses in the scheme against Alabama because they're really they're gonna have 11 guys on the field that can all catch Deuce Vaughn let's be honest I mean it's, they're just there's some athletes yeah. out there now that's all it's just a whole different level uh than than any other team in the country except probably Georgia when it comes to that so John Kevin let me ask you the temptation let's go back to Adrian Martinez we all know uh Kleiman is going to play Martinez in this game and the question is should he play him Will it be too disruptive into the flow of the game and Will Howard? Because I think in Chris Kleiman's mind, he feel that Will How I mean that that Martinez is part of the reason Kansas State is here in this in this Sugar Bowl. And if he's healthy, and I'm assuming he's healthy, he's going to get a package or two. He's going to do some things. Um, and I'm mixed emotion. I got mixed emotions about that because I don't know when you do that. Will it in disrupt the flow of Will Howard and the whole game flow of the game? Trying to force feed him a couple series. Man, I'm okay with it. I'm I'm okay with him because I think he's a different skill set than what Will Howard has, and I think throwing as many different things you can at Alabama is probably a good idea in this game. Adrian right. Martinez' best play is the quarterback draw, third and yeah. four. He's a weapon. He can throw a short pass and complete it, or he can run. And we've seen some third and twos and third and fours where he's taken off and running. He's gone 80 or 90 yards. Okay. So there's something that he brings that Will Howard doesn't. So I really don't have a problem with that. What I don't want to see, I don't think, is him handing series to Adrian Martinez and say, okay, this is your series. Go play. If he's doing that, he's basically saying, look, I made you a promise. You were the starting quarterback. You've been a warrior here. You've done everything we've asked. Thank you very much. This is a reward for you. What we're seeing in this game, with no opt-outs by either team, no players opting out and going pro, and K-State has plenty of guys opting out of this game. What we're seeing here is a whole bunch of players that are putting team first. And I think the last thing Chris Kleiman is going to do is say, I'm going to put Adrian Martinez first and not the team. I don't think he's going to do that here. I think there's going to be some special ways to use him. I might even try to line him up in the slot or as a receiver, maybe run an end around or something. You know they've practiced something like that. 
the, right. you know, there could be a, a, a handoff where there's a pass where Martinez right. then passes it, where they're both on the field. I'm cool with any of those things. I just don't want to see him say, okay, it's second series of the game. This one's yours, Adrian. I, I don't want to see that. Right. Yeah. What's I don't want to see that. Up? Yeah. I don't want to see that either. Uh, unless the game's out of hand and K-State's down three or four touchdowns or something, you need a change at that position, then maybe go with Martinez. But I agree, Kevin. I don't want I don't want them to put him in just to do a series here and there or or whatever or anything like that. I think you got to go with Howard. Bring Martinez in. I'm sure they have some plates for him uh, on third shorts, maybe stuff like that. And I'm a, I'm all right with them being on the field because you want all your athletes on the field. You yeah. know, Reggie, let me ask you this question: What if K State's up? 31-27 with 3.22 to go, and they've got the ball, and you can run the clock out. Would you put Adrian Martinez out there and just go full run package? That's, that's a great question. Right? And, 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 Kevin, that's something because you got the quarterback run game. Yep. You get in that extra blocker. He's still relevant enough where he can throw some short passes to the flat, to the tight end. It, it's very possible you can do that, and you just want to grind it out to get a two first downs. Uh, makes sense. And when you put it that way, you can see him using Martinez probably in the red zone where he can do a lot of quarterback run game, but still got enough passing attack to where they can't just discount it completely. And, and but I like the idea of putting them both on the field at the same time yes. and, and a few different packages. Now you got the Alabama defense got to think a little bit. If I do a reverse or toss back is martinez gonna throw it is he gonna run it we gotta figure this out now you got a lot of different things you have to prepare for yeah i think colin klein's had a month here to say look we're playing alabama and adrian martinez is gonna be healthy let's draw up some new plays i i promise you there are new plays in the playbook that they have not run this year that alabama has not seen and i've got my fingers crossed that they involve both quarterbacks on the field because i'm a big believer i think the game's going this way Okay, so I'm a weird guy. I always look at, hey, how can sports improve? What can be better? You know, in the 80s, when I was really watching uh, so much football and really getting into football, I was like, why don't the Chiefs throw the ball? The Chiefs didn't throw the ball very much back then. I'm like, I'm watching Dan Marino and Dan Fouts. I'm like, this is the future of the game. You got to throw the ball to go win games. So I love evolving football. And I do think the evolution of this game is going to be multiple players on an offense that can throw forward passes. And not that you could throw multiple on one play, but it's how you throw them backwards and what you do with the ball in order to create a situation that one of the guys throws it deep. Why wouldn't you want to have two or three guys on the field that could throw the ball downfield? And I think Colin Klein's probably been tinkering with that. You know, he can scout. He had time to scour the entire country and look at every trick or gadget play that was run anywhere in college football this year by any coach that put two quarterbacks on the field at one time. He had that ability to do that and implement those into this into this package, and I would love to see it. No, I'd definitely love to see it, too. And I think Colin Klein, speaking of him, has learned that he's got to put his keep his foot on the gas pedal. I, I think he loves to be able to get some ball possession and do it and, 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 and slow the pace down sometimes. But I don't think we're physical enough to be able to do that. We've got to keep taking shots. Yes, we do need to have established some part of a run game, but it can't be Deuce Vaughn first down, Deuce Vaughn second down. And then let's see if we can complete it on third down. It's no. got to be play action on first down, try, put it deep, go to the tight end, do some different things, involve nose, reverse, whatever we need to do to keep the foot on the pedal because Alabama's going to score. 
We just need to outscore. It's a, it's the name of the game. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I also wonder about the screen passes. We've had some really great screen passes this year that have caught teams off guard. I just don't know how some of these things go against Alabama. And I, I feel like we've all watched a lot of Alabama football. We know what they're all about. They do make mistakes. Okay. They have breakdowns. Yeah. They're not a perfectly coached team. One of the, one of the problems with having that many five-star recruits and guys that know they're going to the NFL they have a lot of snaps and a lot of games all year long where they know they're going to win the game regardless of whether they do exactly what they're supposed to do. So I have watched Alabama games. You know, they look really great. They score 21 straight against Auburn, and you're like, okay, we know Auburn's not very good. They don't belong in this game. But then here comes Auburn making some big plays. There were some breakdowns on the Alabama defense. All of a sudden, Auburn has scored 14 straight. I think that's what we're going to see here. I, I think there's going to be a stretch that's going to drive us crazy. I think we're going to watch a quarter to a quarter and a half where Bama dominates this game and maybe win like a, uh, you know, a stretch 24 to three or something like that. But Kansas state will make plays to come back. I think Alabama allows enough of those and has enough breakdowns uh, because sometimes you're just too talented and you just think, well, we're going to win this game no matter what anyway. So I, I, I just, I do think there's going to be, a, I hope it's not as bad as the Texas game where they rattle off those 31 points in the first half like that. I hope it's not like that, but I do think there will be a stretch in this game where we're just like, wow, uh, there isn't much Kansas State can do with this bunch right now. The good news is Bama didn't do that all year for 60 minutes. They just didn't. That's what I'm afraid is going to happen. But at the beginning of the game, I think Alabama might come out and, you know, dominate right away from the get-go and then go, you know, go ahead 21 to nothing or something like that. And I do agree with you that if that happens, K-State's not going to give up. And Alabama will probably relax a little bit. And there may be a comeback. Uh, but it may be too much to overcome. I'm just worried, like Reggie said earlier, you know, if if you have a first two series, you're three and out because you're trying to run Deuce Vaughn up the middle on first and second down or something crazy like that. The game could get out of hand really quickly. So that's that's my worry. Yeah, but I think on the flip side, too, we are going to have to defensively, Kleinerman is going to have to make some stops, too. He can't just uh... – rely on our offense trying to score 40 to win this. He's going to need two or three big critical stops in the game uh, as well to give ourselves a chance because we know Alabama's going to make the plays. We, we, we know that. And I agree with both of you guys. I think there is going to be a little streak. Uh, and it just can't be that 31, to, you know, three streak where we ran against the Texas where it just looked like we couldn't do anything. So what I mean by that, I do get afraid sometimes. Clatterman makes adjustments in the second half. He's going to have to make an adjustment in-game quickly. And that may mean even calling a, a defensive timeout. You know, if we're down 7 nothing, had to punt, Alabama gets it back again, they're rolling, looking like they're getting ready to go 14 nothing, or they just running down the field, we might have to call a defensive timeout to just reset, to not let the game get out of hand. Yeah, and I look, I think this team believes it belongs. I, my favorite quote this week, I don't know if you guys saw this by Chris Kleiman or not, was a reporter at his news conference back in Manhattan before they left said something to the effect of, you know, you've got a big-name opponent and, you know, these big-name teams are like that. And he stopped him right there and he goes, uh, Kansas State's not a big-name team? Exactly. Because I think we uh, are. And I thought that was great. And I yeah. think that's what he's taught his players. And I, I think he's rewired their brains a little bit and said, this is what Kansas State football is. We expect to be in the top 10. We expect to win championships. The future for Chris Kleiman at Kansas State looks unbelievably bright. I mean, this is all 
good stuff. And nothing will be made or broken by this game. I, I went on record as saying, look, if I had my choice, do I want to, before, before it happened, do I want to beat TCU and win the Big 12 or would I rather beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl? I'll take that Big 12 title every time. I'll just take that every time. So I'm being honest Definitely. about that. Old games don't quite carry what they used to, although this one kind of does because Alabama, none of these players are opting out, which I think has just shocked everybody that Alabama's bringing everything they got against Kansas State. And I just think this may, that makes this so intriguing, guys. I like this Not one, a- especially because we are playing Alabama and I want to see where K-State is at in this process. If they can play with Alabama, we're going to we're going to have a good feeling of where this program is in the grand scheme of things, depending on how this game goes. In my well, opinion, and I'll tell you this: if Kansas State goes out and plays this thing to the wire or wins this game, the, the first thing I'm doing is laying the lumber on TCU at the points against Michigan because it's going to tell me all I need to know about the Big Twelve. Hey, yeah, hey Kevin, I was just getting ready to say that I'm I'm already leaning to take TCU as well, but I will tell you uh, to back up what Joe just said. I'm happy that Kansas State, I mean that Alabama, got everybody going. And Kansas State has everybody going because we could have had a couple guys opt out as well. Because now the state of Kansas State football, this is a litmus test. We're going to know exactly what we stand up against. The mighty SEC, everybody still thinks Alabama's probably one of the one or two best teams in the country. If you ask any person that covers college sports, they they would think they're probably at least in the top three or four. Uh, And if we go out there, win the game, or be highly competitive, then it's like, okay, any week, any Saturday, we can step up and play against anybody. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's going to be so much fun, guys. This game is going to be so much fun to watch and see. I, I know we all still have a little K-State in us, you know, that, that chip on oh, our shoulder definitely. thing. Oh, definitely. <laughs> we all still have in the back of our minds that this thing could be 31-3 to three at half and K-State's down, so we're a little worried about that. But I think that this team is so well coached and they found their way this year. They've become kind of a complete product right now. I, I just, I don't see that happening. I don't see them getting run off the field by Alabama. No, nah, no doubt. So Kevin, we do, we do like to do predictions on this show as we preview it. And as, as obviously I played at K-State, I believe in K-State. Um, but realistically, I've not picked K-State before in a game or so, but I got an inkling that Kansas State will keep this game close going into the fourth quarter. And I do think we're going to have a spurt, like you said, Kevin, where there's going to might be a 21 to 7 type spurt where Alabama gets and you're like, oh, then I think we'll have a run. But I think once again, Ty Zetner is a guy that's going to make the difference in this game from a punting standpoint and a kickoff standpoint and field goal. That guy, and Kleiman has said this before, he's a he believes he's one of the toughest kickers. And when you meet the guy, you like to have a beer with the guy. And if you get into a fight, he's ready to go too. So that's a guy you wanna you wanna take to a gunfight and, and a knife fight. I think he's gonna be the difference. I'm gonna take K-State 38 to 35. Okay. I'm I was gonna do two predictions for you here. I'm gonna do one with my heart and one with my head. Is that okay? That's good. That's good. <laughs> my heart prediction is is right there with you, Reggie. I was going to go 38-34, Kansas State. My head tells me it'll be something like 38-27, Alabama. I just, I, I feel like they're going to cover and maybe win by 10 or 11 points. 
It's just what I, it's just what my head is thinking. But man, I'm hoping my heart is right on this one. No doubt. What you got, yeah. Joe? All right. Well, you guys are uh, more optimistic than I am. I'm thinking something maybe 34 to 20 Alabama. You know, I'm the numbers guy. Uh, I don't see anything in the numbers or the statistics that gives K-State an advantage really anywhere in this other than with my heart. And we all know K-State can break the big plays with Deuce Vaughn and that great kicker, uh, you know, stuff like that. But uh, I'm going to go with the talent on this one, oh, kind of overwhelming for a good portion of the game. But 34 to 20 Alabama, and I really hope I'm wrong. Me too. Yeah, that- I hope you are too. Well, it should be exciting. Uh, I'll I'll be down uh, in the Big Easy, uh, pulling for the Wildcats, uh, eating some beignets, having a little gumbo, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully that uh, New Orleans mystique voodoo. We can get some K State <laughs> fans down there and rally and pull this thing off. You going down to Bourbon Street? Yeah, you got to do Bourbon Street. You know oh, that's. Yeah. Uh, you can't miss that one. That's well, let's sure. hope Southwest gets everybody down there this week because right now yeah. it doesn't look real great. No, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't look great. It, it looks like it could be a possibly nine and a half hour drive, but go. we uh, definitely got to get that. Well, Kevin, it was exciting, my brother. Appreciate you coming on and giving your insight. Uh, hopefully you give us some mojo as well and bring home a victory for the Wildcats. Well, Reggie, thank you for being such a great Wildcat. And Joe, thanks for inviting me on. Man, you guys are the best. We wish you all the success in the world with your podcast. I know Cat fans gobble it up. We cannot get enough K-State football. All the best to you guys. Yeah, thanks a lot, Kevin. Really appreciate you coming on, man. Sure thing. Kevin, again, before you go, where can they catch your podcast at? Uh, My website is basically kkhasissues.com. You can find it anywhere on Apple. You can Google my name, Kevin Keatsman, or Kevin Keatsman has issues. It'll just pop up in the search bar. It's on every platform everywhere. We do it daily. It's posted about 930 in the morning every day. There's an awful lot of sports on there. We do some other uh, other issues as well, but there's plenty of sports content at kkhasissues.com. Thank you. Thank you, Kev. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.